adversity, bring it. The struggle, we welcome it. Snooze on life, never that. We are Dave Regina and Mike Perella, and this is the No Snooze Podcast. Come on. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to simply say thank you for your support. For season two, we're running a couple giveaways and we'll be selecting a couple of you to win some No Snooze merch, some products over at Orgain.com, or a $50 Amazon gift card. If you enjoy the podcast and find value in what we're doing, all you have to do is subscribe to us, leave us a five-star review on Apple, and DM us on Instagram at No Snooze Podcast, letting us know you've entered the giveaway. Thanks to all of you, the No Snooze Podcast is climbing the charts, and we're well on our way to spreading this message to the masses. Enjoy today's episode. Mike, open us up. Welcome back to No Snooze Podcast. This is the interview episodes, and we have another very special guest. Dave, just want to ask you one thing. What weight do you think I'm at right now? Am I being honest with you or be am honest, I cheating? Be no, honest. Because I already know the weight. So it's, oh, yeah, it's you look ter- a terrible question. The answer is skinny. So <laughs> let's jump into it. I have so many questions for our guest. Uh, I'm jumping out of my seat. Yes. So today we welcome Pedro Rivera. He joins us as a current reporter for Fox 40 in Sacramento, California. Throughout his career, Pedro has moved from coast to coast covering national stories. During his time in Arkansas, he covered the shooting of Sebastian County Deputy Bill Cooper and the death of country music singer Craig Strickland. While on the East Coast, Pedro was on location during Hurricane Sandy, covered the historic tragedy at Sandy Hook Elementary School, and was live at the Boston Marathon bombing. Today we're gonna dive into Pedro's life, how he applies the no snooze mentality, along with some adversity he's faced along the way. Pedro, we're excited to have you. Welcome to the pod, brother. I'm excited to be here with you guys. First, let me say congratulations to both of you. Uh, both fathers, new fathers. Yes, I think that's thank you. Phenomenal. You guys are living the dream. Let me just say that. <laughs> well, I don't know. In the middle of the night. We'll, well call honestly, you at 4 a.m. I don't know about the middle of the night for me, but Mike, Mike knows. Mike, yeah, Mike, I got lucky. I got lucky. I got a kid you that sleeps. I, I got a kid that sleeps through the night. So. It makes it so much worse knowing that Dave's <laughs> sleeping in his little bed just so all comfy, and I'm up at like 4 a.m. with throw up, and I'm like, this thing <laughs> doesn't it, sleep. If it makes you feel any better, I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning every day. So right. Legitimately no sleep. Yeah, that's pretty... Right, I legit do not. Sleep and ever. you're you're obviously in California now, so you're three hours behind. But yeah, you're always up super early in the morning. What time do you go to bed? Well, I try to go to bed at like seven, but okay. uh, most of the time it doesn't happen that way. So I usually get in bed around eight thirty nine. Okay. Um, but then your new show jumps off at what time over there? Like what time are you uh, you? Uh, yeah, I'm on air for the first time at four thirty in the morning gosh. our time, for seven thirty your time. So I get in at three a.m., but I'm up to you know shower, get everything ready going to work and then um, I have like a whole routine that I have to stick with like before the show starts and then 4.30 is our first time on air and then right when 4.30 goes because of COVID we made some changes I do five and a half hours straight so it's just until 10 o'clock in the morning 4.30 to 10 a.m. straight that's crazy and you come with unbelievable energy and personality is there can you go through a little bit of your morning routine that sets you up for that with all that energy yeah for me it was always like I'm an athlete. I played football. I played baseball. So I've always been a fan of having a routine, not a superstition per se, but a routine. 
because I feel like when you have a routine, it, it just puts you in the right mindset, right? I like, I know you guys like to work out early, right? You don't like it to work out in the evening. You like to work out early. It's some of us like to work out, Pedro. Some of us like to work out. Well, you got a leak in the studio. <laughs> some, some of us. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sh- listen, <laughs> when you rebuild the house, you got to tear it down first. You got to build exactly. from the studs. I'm building from the studs. That's what it is. That's what See, it is. He knows. Now, he gets so me. I, I get up, I get up in the morning and then, um, I always have to shower. Some people don't, which I find weird, but like I always shower in the morning. I have to, I have to, I cannot do it. I just need, it just, it you know, it's you two up. o'clock in the morning. Gotta be awake. Yeah. So I, um, I listen to a podcast while I'm getting ready. I listen to the daily, like New York times, something like that while I'm getting ready, get to work. I have to get in before three fifteen. They don't give me a time to get in, but for me it's three fifteen because I want to get there with enough time that I could read every script before I go on air. So I could read it, make changes, things like that. I make coffee. I make one cup of coffee, and I do one coffee all throughout the day. What's your so coffee? What's your coffee ingredients? <laughs> uh, I do non-dairy creamer and sugar. It's simple, very nice. simple. And we okay. have a we have a um, you know the free like Keurig K cup stuff. So I just stick. I keep it super. So I'm not a coffee guy. I just needed something when I became an anchor because I got promoted from a reporter to an anchor. So Got when you. I became an anchor, I needed something that could, that could keep me awake. The reason for me asking is we have a prima donna when it comes to coffee. I bring him Dunkin'. He's like, oh, it's not strong enough. So anyway, <laughs> continue. I was just making I, sure he knew. I would be in your boat. I, I'd be in your boat. I'm, I'm totally like cheap coffee. doesn't matter to me. This is my as guy. long as it does a job, See, I don't care about flavor. I don't know, man. Dunkin' to me, like I'll have it if it's an emergency. But it's not like I go to Starbucks and order this extravagant drink. I just like the coffee. What do you get? It's it's a red eye, but that's What's a, a red eye. That's a, a black coffee with a shot in it, a shot of a shot of espresso. But Gross. no, I just like strong coffee. To me, Dunkin' Donuts yeah. tastes a little watery. Um, but if they want to sponsor the podcast, shout out. We'll shout throw this cup right out. <laughs> 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 nah, we, uh, we don't even got Dunkin' out here. There's only like one location. That was that stuck out to me. I was like, we don't have Dunkin'. really here. Nah, no, we have some called Dutch Bros. Dutch Bros is like the big time like coffee place. Oh, What's wow. it called? We have Pete's Coffee Dutch and uh, and then tell, Starbucks, of course. You can Starbucks. tell where he's from. He's like, coffee. Coffee. Got the coffee. coffee. You know, out here, every time I say it, everyone calls me out for it. And I try, to, <laughs> I try not to do it, but it comes out. That, that um, is awesome. But anyway, no, back but, to the routine. Sorry. No, so that's so then I, I have to read every script and I edit it and then I read it out loud. I read my scripts out loud to make sure that I'm saying it right because it's totally different from someone writes you a script and you read it versus actually saying it out loud. Uh, there are two different things. You might write something. You guys know, like you might write something down on paper, but then when you read out loud, you're like, this don't really make sense. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. So I just practice and you're, and, you know, when you're anchoring, you're not only practicing just reading it and making sure the words come out, but how you're saying it and what words you're, what inflections you're hitting and different tones. And so you just, so I do that all the time. And then um, I put my makeup on 10 minutes before air every day. Wait, 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 wait. You're not going to slide by this one. He does like tutorials sometimes. No, really? Like he, I gotta watch like him. He, no, I he like puts it. it. He'll put the phone there and then he'll do it in like real speed. But he, yeah, he awesome. they do their own makeup, which I was like infatuated. I thought you were gonna like sit there and get like you know your coffee nah, handed to you. You hit a point when you hit a certain point in your career. When you go national, like I work for a local Fox affiliate, so um, you know it, it, it's it's regular local TV. When you hit national, when you're doing Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, yeah, those or even like CBS National, yeah. you're. They're doing everything for so you. So makeup means you're that guy. So I'm going to start wearing makeup. Yeah. Listen, it's it's okay. You know what the problem is, though? <laughs> it's okay. You start wearing makeup, and then you kind of want to start wearing it. You know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're you like, ah, this blemish. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I had a, I've had a pimple before, and I'll bring a little concealer in my pocket. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I... 
this is true. I've told my wife to cover, you know, a pimple once or twice or three or four times. Well, Maybe we, I have some on now. I don't know. You remember we shot that TV show? <laughs> we shot a TV show, and we had an argument about push-ups, which I lost. But I was doing so many push-ups that my nose broke out, like right at the tip, and we had to record this TV show the next day. So I put a ton of cover-up on, trying yeah. to look terrible. terrible. Yeah, but then he put too much on that it blotched up. His yeah, then it made like... You I saw looked, it cracking yeah. on the... It's taken, it, it took me a long time before I started figuring out like what works, what doesn't work. And then there's also, we have like consultants who tell us like, do this, do that, tell, tell us how to put it on. So Great now I, it only takes me like two minutes or less to put makeup on. It really doesn't take long. Nice. So I have to do that. And then, um, and then I'm in studio and then I get in the zone and I kind of got like this thing I do where I just like... I take a second, literally when they're counting down like 10, 9, 8, when they're counting down, I just take a second, I breathe, I look up, I breathe, and I come to it, you know, and it just, and then you just go from there. It's just something I need to do to keep me kind of in the That's fire. I yeah, love it. I, I like how it looks up. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love hearing routines like that, that, like, I, we're, we always talk about, like, doctors too, right? Like, especially after having oh, the babies. Yeah. Like, how do you prepare for, like, a moment like that? So for you, it's on TV. For doctors, it's like, all right, well, I got to deliver this baby or whatever doctor yeah. you are. Yeah, and, there's, um, and then there's certain moments that like you can't explain, right? Like there's certain stories or certain things you cover that are so big and monumental that you're like, like you need to hit this out the park. So for me, that little moment of taking a breath and looking up puts me kind of in my place and I could just go. Like I could, I could, you put me on and you say, Pedro, I need you to do, fill 10 minutes of time to talk about this subject. I could sit and talk about it for 10 minutes and not stop and keep it going. You know, it's just, it's just, you get in that zone, but that takes, you know, time, of course, working at it. Yeah. I never thought about that, that the weight of the story affects how nervous or, you know, uh, what watched the, the uh, airing is. That's interesting. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Plus two, like the way you better tell a story. And this is something that, you guys could take in, right? Like even for your own careers, it's like whatever you're talking about, you really need to feel because mm -hmm. when the person doesn't feel it, you can tell when they're not feeling it. So for example, if I'm covering, um, we had this story, the East Area Rapist, one of the biggest missing, I mean, serial killers in California history, 13 murders, 50 rapes, missing for 30 years, they've been looking, 40 years they've been looking for him. They capture him. I covered that. I was out there. I was at his I house. I saw that. Is this the yeah. Zodiac? This isn't the Zodiac, right? No, not the Zodiac. So Zodiac and the East Area Rapist or the Golden State Killer, he goes by either one of those names. Um, those two are like the big head, like the big ones in California. And they caught the guy because of DNA evidence. His, his niece got a DNA test and they were able to trace it to, to her family. Wow. And then they pieced it. Yeah, dude. 23 and me, like one of those genealogy. And caught him. So it was but a case like that where, you know, I, I remember being on the desk and we're doing live coverage, which is straight up like, we're not going to commercial. We're going to keep going no matter what. You can't stop. You know, talk about what you see. Talk about facts of the case. So I'm sitting there and I'm writing notes. I have all my notes ready and I'm going. And it's like, I can talk about you say rapist and I can say, you say rapist, you know, 13. But it's different if you say like, if you start thinking about like, what if this was your mother or cousin or someone who went through this and then say the story. It's going to come out totally different mm. versus if you just talk about it like it's nothing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so with every story I do, I try to get in the moment. So when it is breaking news, when I'm in those situations, if I'm at, you know, a 13-year-old got shot, I try to think, what if my niece or nephew got shot? How would I respond to the story? And I try to get in that mind frame so that when I deliver the story, it comes out with, with the compassion it deserves.
that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's that's incredible. Before, because I I got a ton of questions on that. You're from New York originally. Oh, and by the way, we connected via uh, Rich and Steve Sika. So shout out to the Sikas. Thank you, gents. Those are my guys. Those are my guys. Great, great facial hair too. I I again appreciate that. You know they're twins, right? Did you know that? Yeah, you uh, at one time at your house. Yeah, a lot a lot of people don't realize that they're twins, but both studs, both studs. Who's better looking though? Who's better looking? Put you who's on the better spot. looking? Yeah, who's better looking? I think Rich is better looking. Ooh, <laughs> wow. No hesitation. See, I'm, I'm going to go Steve oh. because I think Steve resembles me a little bit more. Yeah, he, Steve, <laughs> he's muscular and stuff, but Rich <laughs> cool. Like, he's got the cool demeanor about Rich. So Rich, <laughs> Rich is going to clip this to Instagram and just this post it. <laughs> the fact that, that how quick you just started that out, that was amazing. Yeah, oh, my God. Is, Rich is my guy. I love, I love Steve. Steve's my, Steve's yeah, my brother. Apparently not enough. Those are my guys. Um, so... Originally from New York, give us like, you know, I guess family dynamic growing up, um, you know, anything that kind of, I guess, steered you to to get into reporting and stuff like that. Yeah, I have I have a pretty like interesting background. So I'm, I was born in the Bronx and then early on, at like two, we moved up to Albany, New York. And we were there in Albany until I was in about like the sixth grade. And then I moved to Dominican Republic. So I was a, I was a bad kid. I used to fight a lot. Um, I, I was a, like, honestly, I was a bully. Like there's no being around it. It was, you know, I had my stuff. I was going on at home. I, you know, I came from a single mother household, uh, four, you know, two older brothers, one sister in that house. And then my father who, who was around and took care of me, but we had different fathers. So he took care of me on Sundays. He'll pick me up and I hung out with my other siblings and he had five kids with five different women. So he was just a, a totally different kind of guy. Super cool. Like my dad is amazing. I love the man. Um, but it was it was a weird dynamic of of growing up in this household where your other siblings don't have their fathers in their lives and then you do have your father. So there was a lot of animosity and jealousy I had to grow up. So I would go to school and just take it out on other kids. You know, that was my coping mechanism. And, you know, it was unfortunate, but it was it was, it was all I knew. So it was a lot of fighting. So my dad sent me to Dominican Republic. I was there for a few years, came back. And then uh, when I came back, I remember um, like eighth grade. I was in class and they had career day and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't really, I was just running around the streets, you know, bugging out. But then this meteorologist came into my classroom and I just remember he, Steve Caparizzo, uh, WTEN in Albany. He had slick white hair. He came in and he was just talking to us about being on, you know, being on TV and what he does. And I just remember looking at him like, I want to be like Steve. Like in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be Steve. I quickly learned like math isn't for me. Weather ain't for me. I can't do that. So uh, (laughs) my mother got a job with New York State Department of Health. So we had to move closer to New York City. So we ended up moving to like the Kingston area, Ellenville. Like, you know where that is? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Like Kingston, Middletown, like Mm -hmm. right in between there. And um, because it was closer to her job. So we went there to a new high school and they had a media department where they had television, radio and all this at the high school, really small high school. So I go there. And I just started working on my skills. It was like, I knew I wanted to be on TV. I just didn't know if it was going to be sports, if it was going to be hard news. I didn't know what I was going to do. It was really sports geared. Um, and I started working at it, working at it. And then thankfully um, I got into college because I didn't get accepted into many. And I love sharing that with people because I don't have any shame in it. I wasn't a great student. I was a C student. Um, and I got accepted. I applied to probably 13 schools and I got into two. I got into Hudson Valley Community College and Pace University. And that was it. Um, but it's about what you do, right? What, what do you do in that moment? I mean, you only, you only got accepted to pace, but are you going to capitalize on that and, and keep it going? Um, and I feel like 
for me, at least, I found myself as a student sophomore year. About sophomore year, I was like, oh, that's how you get a 3.5? That's how you get a 3.7? If I just put in that much work, I can get that those kind of grades? I didn't know that beforehand. I didn't really have that, like, driving force behind me, um, you know, telling me, like, well, my, my mother was working, my father's working. There wasn't, you know, they were phenomenal people. And, I, again, I love them, but it wasn't like, oh, you got a, a C, you can't go outside today. It was just like, pass, keep going, keep going. So I was the first in my family to go to a four-year university and graduate. Um, and that was that was amazing. And then uh, just capitalizing from there and just keeping it going. But yeah, no, nah, I, I, I like sharing my story with people because I, you know, I was, I was a street kid. I, I was a street kid. I was fighting. I was in there. You know, my brother's, my brother, my older brother spent time in jail. I had that, you know, in front of me. And that was, that was the goal. It was like, don't be like that. So it's just about how hard you work and, you know, hope I'm thankful I'm in the position I make. If it wasn't for them and the decisions, my older brothers, my sisters, they all made before me, I, w- I wouldn't be here today. Right. Yeah. Something that I love you said that it's one of my mottos is you got into one or two universities, but my motto with everything is like community all, college, community college, but it all takes, all it is, takes one. is one. Right? That's why I keep. I, I thought of you immediately when, yeah. when he said that. Because that you know when people get discouraged about their homes or whatever, or, you know what if we're going for a brand deal, all it takes is one, and yep. then they forget, you know. So yeah, it, it's all you need is one, and it, that's been like my motto my whole life. It was just like just make that one, just do that one thing, and um, even when I was in college, I didn't. I know people that did internships all over the country that did. You know, I had seven internships. I had one. I had one internship my, in college, but you capitalize on it, right? When I left college, I didn't have a job offer. Then I got one job offer and I took it. As long as you capitalize on it and then you build and you show how hard you're willing to work for it, you're going to be you're gonna be fine. All takes is one is a motto I should uh, adopt for my margarita habit. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Speaking, Trademark. speaking of margaritas, I am doing a 30-day. I saw that. 30 days, zero alcohol. Where'd that come from? Um, can honestly, you, can you share a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, I, good thing nobody listens to the podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like to put them on so, the spot. Yeah, so we went to uh, my my wife. It was yeah my my in laws' house, my um, father in law, uh, mm-hmm. and we were around family. We were, we were drinking, having a good time. I didn't realize that I drank like six glasses of whiskey. <laughs> like I was smoking cigars, just having a really good time. But then these like really bad thoughts started like coming in my head, right? And, and I. Thank God it didn't, you know, get get like further than that. I mean, it ended up with my wife and I fighting a little bit, but could have been could have been really bad. Uh, But the next morning we had like a really good discussion. And then I just came to the conclusion and I don't know why I didn't adopt this earlier. But first of all, why am I drinking so much whiskey? And and I'm drinking it straight. When you drink it straight with um, cigars, it kind of kills it's the nice. taste buds. It pairs really nicely. But there's just no point. Like I'm a I'm I'm a dad now, right? Like I I had to wake up in the morning. I felt like garbage, mm. and I and I felt like le- just less than my usual self. So I, I didn't like that feeling. And then also I got nervous because, you know, the the whole situation with my mom. She's she'll be two years sober December first, which is incredible. Wow. But like I never want to go down that path. Mm-hmm. So not that I drink every night, no, no. you know, but I just want to make sure that, you know, I can do this on the stop of a dime. I'm in have control. You before? Have, have you done that before? I, I don't think I've ever. Oh, yes. No, no, no. When I first got into, um, well, from from a health perspective, yes. With the Crohn's disease, when I was diagnosed, couldn't have like any alcohol. So did that for a while. But then in my older years, in parentheses, older. we're young studs, all of us. Mm-hmm. But um some of us. Yeah, I was so I was um, no alcohol for like six months because I was trying to get like a six pack. So yeah, I ditched the no, six I've pack. No, I've done it before. 
I've done it before where I like, so sometimes I do that. I'll do 90, not 90 days. I'll do 30 days where I try something new. Right. Where yeah. I like, so I, I'm a vegetarian and it started that way, just giving up meat for one month and then it turned. And now I've been doing it for you know almost six years. Right. But, um, alcohol i did that one time and it was harder than i thought yeah it was harder than i what thought pressure and I was, too. yeah and i'm still going to bars with my friends but i'm not drinking and you're in that environment i was like i was surprised that i didn't have as much self-control as i thought i had right and after recognizing that i was like okay i got i gotta make some changes so i definitely like even to this day i've lowered like my alcohol i do like once a week i'll have a drink um but not anymore you know two three days a week i, just, I can't do it anymore yeah. The the vegetarian thing's interesting too. I, I watched a documentary last night. I was doing some work. You know, the wife was great. She took the baby and the dog because I had an early AM haircut. Had to Looks get great, you know, nice way. and professional for you. Nice fade. Thank you very much. Bri the barber, it's my guy. Um so I was watching this documentary in the background while I was doing some work and it was called Me So Hungry. And mm-hmm. it's this dude that's a filmmaker who has terrible eating habits. He goes to Japan and he for thirty days or forty days. <laughs> Miso soup, is that it? Miso, miso is like a Japanese ingredient, I think. So he yeah, goes there, and it's just a different lifestyle that they live, and their all their habits are lend very well to you know losing weight and eating healthy. And a lot of it is you know nice vegetables. They whatever they serve, they always have a nice thing of vegetables, pickled, you know, and that's one of the first things that come out. And it's it when they put it in a documentary like that, it looks so good. Like the veg, yeah. I'm like I could be a vegetarian. When I watch it, like, I could be a veggie. Yeah, but then you attend a barbecue, and then there's like yeah. sausage on the grill yeah. and yeah, so, so that's and the thing. I don't, and- I don't miss any of that at all. Like really? I was surprised I didn't miss any of that. Pedro, don't lie to me. We just became no, no. friends. <laughs> no, no desire whatsoever. I will say, fish is the one thing that's like. Sometimes you know I've caught myself where I'm like, oh, I gotta have a piece of fish or something like that. But for the most part, I don't. Uh, I tried vegan this year, like hardcore vegan, no dairy, no butter, no nothing. I did that in March. Is it hard? And oh, and then you you combine that with gyms not being open. I dropped 15 pounds in a heartbeat. I'm the skinniest I've ever been. I saw a thread on Instagram. People were like calling you skinny or something. I don't know. Look at long long and lean's a new look. I hate that. I always. I, I get I, it's it's a terrible. You get it. That yeah. that's the one thing like you can't. <laughs> somebody. Like you gotta realize I before it. before COVID, I was benching close to four hundred, right? Nice. So I'm at a point where wow. I feel physically great. I'm strong, and the next thing you know, COVID comes out. I don't work out since March, and I'm not do I'm not doing anything. I'm I'm still eating vegan. So you know my diet's changed completely. So I'm losing. I'm cutting weight. So I'm on this. I'll tell you guys real quick. So I go on a houseboat with some friends of mine last week. Awesome. And I'm, Wait, a houseboat? Houseboat. You Someone's houseboat house? or just a random houseboat? No, we rented a houseboat. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. See, so, have, have, sorry. <laughs> I need you to explain you what a us. houseboat is. So a houseboat. So no. It's a, I don't know if it's big in New York. I've never seen one in New York ever. But here in California, like you go to a lake, you rent a, a big boat, you sleep on the boat. You can park in the middle of the lake wherever you want. Oh, wow. So they just give you a, a big, you know, big boat. A houseboat. I'm going to start yeah. selling houseboats. <laughs> yeah. It's called a houseboat. So we rent a houseboat and there's this, there's this girl on it, on the, on the boat. Right. And I'm like, Oh, she's beautiful, beautiful you know, woman. <laughs> so I'm talking to her and she, uh, she legitimately was like, Oh man, you know, you look, you look a little skinny. <laughs> that, that, that right there just that hit me. And then I go to work the next day when I come back as a couple days later, I go to work and I see a coworker I haven't seen in about five months because of COVID. Now mm-hmm. we're starting to open things back up a bit more. So he's in work. And the first thing he says when he sees me, he's like, Whoa, Pedro, you're losing weight, man. Your arms look small. And that right there, like, 
if there's anyone, if there's anyone who, you know, who works out, that's like the last, that's like the, yeah. you can say anything. You can call me ugly. I don't care. Like <laughs> call me skinny. That just it's like, a, it hits different. Right? You know what I think it is because you wear suits all the time. I think when you wear suits, the fluctuation shows a lot more, right? Anytime. My white shirts typically, I like them with a nice, a nice squeeze here, so you can, like, you can see them. Now they're, they're, <laughs> you can't tell anything. Swimming in them. <laughs> so I've been in the gym. I've been in the gym past two days, like going in, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go every day. That's it until I get my arms back. <laughs> I'm going every day. When you lift he's heavy, curling under the table right now. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> lifting weights. Shrugs. When you uh, lift heavy and you're a vegetarian, what what are you eating after? To I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of nuts. I do beans. Like I'll eat a whole can of beans. I'll do uh, anything to get. That extra now let me tell you i'm not great at it i did not i lost way too much weight yeah. super quickly Figuring so it i out. wasn't great at it uh but before when i was vegetarian i'm doing eggs i'm doing things like that to kind of get that protein when i was doing vegan i worked out maybe since march maybe like three times three or four times and i would try to do like protein you know shakes vegan shakes or things like that it's just it's just not the same it was yeah. and i'm sure there's people out there who, who would listen and be like oh no you can do it this way and this way I don't even want to at this point. And I, I only did it for humanitarian reasons because I, I really do genuinely care about animals. I just. Yeah, I can't I think feel, about that part because when you start getting like that, then I, then it kind of messes you up. It, it messes you. And like yeah. it was a big dilemma for me. Even the, last week, I went back to being a vegetarian um, because I want because once they call me skinny, I was like, OK, I got to go back to my <laughs> what it was. So Yo, dude, they do that back. to me. I close my door. I start doing push ups. <laughs> in the office. They don't oh. tell me enough, so I hope it happens. <laughs> but now. On the working out piece, did that mess up your mental at all? Like not working yeah. out, and why? Yeah, did, it, and the really, why didn't you do like push-ups in the house or something? It just, I just, I wasn't feeling motivated because you got to remember, like I've been working out, which I'm sure you have too, like over ten years. I've been you working out since tell. I was I mean, a freshman. Since I was a freshman in in college is when I really started taking. It. See, I was playing football for a year at pace. That's when I started taking workout seriously. So you got to imagine for the past what, like twelve years or so, a little over twelve years, I've been working out every day i mean not missing a week right even when i go i went to australia in december i was there 10 days i found gyms while i was in australia i went to costa rica when my boys were at the house partying i went to the gym in town so i always i always find some time for me to work out so it felt good to be honest with you to be like oh I'm, i don't have to go to the gym today and i sat for like two months straight now working out it felt it felt really good but then after a while you know i'm like okay i'm ready i'm ready to work out i'm ready to do something but I just didn't, I didn't have it to, to do push-ups and that. It, it was super depressing. And I don't like using the word depressing because there's people with actual depression. Depression. Right. You know, my life is great, you know, but um, my confidence took a hit big time, yep. you know, and then I just didn't feel encouraged to do limiting, it. Now, limiting beliefs. What you said? Limiting beliefs. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was doing to myself. So now it feels good. You know, she called me skinny and then my, my <laughs> southern guy called me skinny. And my I'm other friend called me and that's why I was like, you know, I needed that. I needed that that kick in the butt and it feels good now. I, it's funny that you say that you lift, you were lifting heavy and like 400 pounds. I loved lifting, lifting heavy way back when and then I kind of fell out of it. And yeah. I think I'm ready to start lifting heavy again. I'm just waiting for the gym to open back up. Mike's a big routine guy. I, when he starts, when he starts lifting heavy, he's literally going to pick up probably the heaviest thing on the first day. So I'm a very extremist, so like now, yeah, that, that, that's it. But I was doing the push-ups and I enjoyed it. I did like twenty-seven thousand one month because I was trying to get. To yeah, I heard you were doing like every every day. You were doing oh, like a it thousand was terrible. Pushes. I was trying to. Beat he tries him to and, convince himself. Yeah, that's what he does. But here was the <laughs> thing with that, right? Now uh, we're our 
logo is the I, I never can remember what it's called. I think you can. I think you can see it. Yeah, it, it's an hourglass. Yeah. Uh, so I'm yeah. like I'm obsessed with time, and I'm like the amount of time it takes to do push-ups is absurd for especially a thousand. You can get a similar workout if you just go super heavy and do a full body workout, and it could take it could take thirty minutes. So now with the baby, I'm really trying to make it as efficient as possible. Something I've implemented is one meal a day, which (laughs) is absurd. But I've done all the fat. I've done stuff prior to this to prepare myself, and I have to be honest. I've been on it for a month now. Yeah, it's one of the easiest diets I've ever done. Just because the of lack fasting? of, uh, well, one meal a day. So I fast oh. 23 hours and then I have one hour to eat. <laughs> and that one meal is like crazy big, right? No, no. Right now I'm, I'm doing like a thousand calories. This but is a thousand calorie I'm breaking kid. the house down. Yeah. I'm no, breaking the house so down. Mike, it's probably this, not this healthy. This is my thing with Mike. It I got works results. He, he does. He gets the results. But is, and I already asked him. Is it malnutrition? Is now? this sustainable, right? Like. This oh, is yes. not a sustain. No, you're going to be my strategy. You're going to be back up to 240. No. Forget 230. You're going back up to 240. It's not Watch. sustainable because you're going to deprive your body so much. Yes. And then you're going to relapse and it's going to be bad. Bro. No, Preach, this is bro. what I'm doing. Preach. I'm breaking it down. I'm getting down to 200, yeah, right? I'm getting getting the house to the studs. Then I'm going heavy. <laughs> I'm staying on the one meal day, but then I'm putting in more there. calories. <laughs> it's going to be great. Watch. It's going to be great. No, he is going to hit the goal, but then he gets he gets comfortable in the goal. No, I have and then a he second phase finally. And then he's going to, but besides the point, let's get back Good to luck. it. Here. Sorry. You I got have, me all fired up. I want to lift heavy. Some specific stuff for you though, right? Especially yes. going back to like career-wise. So sure. everybody is so like, you, you become like accustomed to routines as we're talking about. You jumping from place to place, coast to coast, going from, correct me if I'm wrong, you reported during the evenings, then you got moved, then you were reporting mornings. How do you adapt to like a switch in routine like that? Yeah. That to me, just it, it makes me anxious thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. That, that's the thing with news that is so um, interesting because if you're getting into news to start a family, you know, by 30, have a kid in a great career, and all, that's just not happening. In news, if you want to succeed, you have to pull all that stuff in the back burner. But for me, I'm able to adjust pretty quickly because I keep the goal in mind of what I want to do, right? Like for me, my goal is to go home. My, my goal is that my mom turns the TV on and watches me every day. That's the goal. That's so cool. that is awesome. I keep that in mind. So when I, I, I started, when I was in New York, I was in New York, I was a photographer, I was behind the scenes and I took a job making no money to just shoot video. Um, but it was my foot in the door and I was doing all different times. They would be like, come in at seven o'clock at night. And then after I get home at 1am, they'd be like, Hey, can you come in at five? And then I would flip, you know, go from the Bronx back there to Manhattan. And I was doing that nonstop crazy shift. And then when I went to, um, I got hired in Connecticut. I was on a more, I was in a union. I was on a more stable schedule. I was living in Hartford, still close to the city that I could travel. So it was a perfect kind of thing. But even that shift, it was like, a couple of days you're working mornings and a couple of days you're working nights. So you're running around. The good thing I would say is that when I went to Arkansas, when I finally became on television, when I wanted to, you know, to be on TV and they, they hired me as a reporter, I went all the way to Arkansas and they put me on the mornings and they kept me there. And that, you know, I don't like the mornings, but once all said and done, I don't work weekends. I got my, you know, I got the weekend off. Um, and you kind of get in that routine and it works. <laughs> the thing you have to be able to get used to is when they say, uh, you know, they'll call you at random times. Hey, I need you to come in early. You know, you got to come in two hours earlier. So if you didn't sleep well the night before, you're going to, you know, your day's all messed up. You got to be able to be flexible in this business. And on top of being flexible, you have to be willing to move anywhere in this country. Um, and yeah, that's, that's I'm an example tough. of that. 
You know, I've never been to Arkansas. I had never, I didn't have any family down there, you know, but once all said and done, they said, Hey, here's, here's $36,000 move to Arkansas. And here's the, here's the yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Do you find comfort in the chaos? Hmm. That's a good question. I do. I do. You know, I feel my most comfortable. I think one of my strongest suits is breaking news. Hmm. When, when they send you and they say, listen, the minute you get there, you have five minutes. We're going to put you on TV, find out whatever you can. We're putting you on. And, you know, if it's a shooting or it's a, you know, a, a storm coverage or whatever it is, and you're really in that chaos, like you have to be able to stay calm and thrive in it. And I thrive. That's been always my strong suit since I first got into it. And I think it's because of my experiences I had when I was back east um, as a young guy behind the camera working with veteran reporters, watching them. I was able to take a lot of their skills. So when I went to Arkansas, when I came here, they felt very comfortable with sending me to anything. If it's a wildfire, if it was a, if it was a, you know, a shooting of several people, whatever it is. Wow. And I, and I ask, I asked that question selfishly because mm-hmm. especially now with the baby, yeah. my flaw I'm noticing. And I, I think I'm, I know what I have. The good thing is that I know what I have to do to get better at it, but flexibility Right, and I'm very open about um, therapy. Literally, and, too, right? Literal, right? literal flexibility, Oh, too. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You, you've seen me touch my toes before. But, <laughs> but in terms of being flexible in life, right? And this is, this is one of the things that I talk about with my therapist. And he's like, Dave, look, you're, you're, you thrive in routine. That's great, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But now having a baby, you have to be able to just adapt and be flexible to things. It makes me anxious, right, the flexibility part. And I'm getting better at it because I know what I have to do to do do it and live in it. Mm-hmm. And now with my daughter, I mean, I, I always just go back to perspective all the time. Um, but if I can't work out or I can't get to a meeting or, you know, I, I have to put things on the back burner that typically I wouldn't do before now having, you know, the baby, her needs come first. So for a long time, just, and you've said this before too, living very selfishly, um, it, the parenting exposed me to flexibility. So honestly, you're going to be ahead of the game. Oh, if yeah. that, yeah. you know, is something yeah. that you, you know, want in your future. You know, because- but like you mentioned, right. Is like, you said something in, in one of the previous podcasts where you were like, you said something like, if, if I don't feed her, she can't feed herself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, she can't change her diaper. She can't do those things. You yep. have to, right? So for me, it's it's kind of like, that's a good way of looking at it. Um, because for me, it's, I, again, I go back to the goal aspect of it. It's like, I cannot get to this point if I don't do this. Like, if, if I don't wake up at this time, if I were to go in and complain every day, or if I were to go in there and make a fuss about wanting to be on a different shift and arguing, whatever, I'm not going to get to where I want to go. Uh, I want good references. I want people to like me. I want to thrive. So what I'm going to do is make the best out of this situation. And I've always think in that way. Like I don't know. It's weird, but I've talked to friends who have had uh, homesickness, like really bad homesickness, where they're like, "I miss home. I miss home." And I say, "Well, then, how do we get home?" Right. Oh, you like bust your butt here. I get so motivated. I can't even tell you guys. Like when I go That's home to New York, my last like day or two in New York, even though I, I'll go months without seeing my family, last day or two, I want to go back to Sacramento or back to Arkansas. Like I'm 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 so excited to go back because I'm so motivated that I want to go back and do what I gotta do to get home. Like I think about that religiously when I'm there. I'm just like, I want to go back and I want to turn the biggest story and do whatever I can to go home. And that goal is like an evergreen goal. Yeah, that's right. Because that that's always like until you get there, that's going to be your. Drive. But for you, it's like for you, it's like let's say if, if it's flexibility and you're like, oh, you know, I gotta, you know, wake up early to feed my daughter or change or do all this. It's like it's gonna. 
just keep going because you know it's not going to be forever. Like you right. know it's not going to be. Yeah, forever. I see. You know, I see it already. It's it's starting. You know, the babies change very quickly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, exactly. It, it, so, it, it's more of an internal thing. Like I just get anxious ooh. as shit. Yeah. Oops, excuse. We don't curse on the podcast. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just get anxious when you know I have a plan, and then yeah. the plan just completely deviates, and then I literally sit there in a moment. I'm like ah, uh, and then it's just like all right, get down to the basics, yeah. one thing. That's at why. Time, that's why I'm taking that extra to second to breathe, man. Like for yep. me, it's just that second of. I got to start looking up and breathing. Like there's yeah, times, yeah. there's times when I'm like when we're on the desk where you guys don't see it, like the public watching us doesn't see it, but behind the scenes. I'll be reading, and then in my ear, a producer will be like, uh, we're having problems with the teleprompter. Uh, keep going. And then you're like, okay. And you don't know what video is coming up next. You don't know what's about to pop on air. You don't, and you just got to go. And you just got to talk. You just got to come up with something. Um, but you just, I just try to stay calm in those situations because I could either falter, and it's not going to be productive for anyone, or I can try to make the best out of the situation deal with it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's just right. how I handle those situations because it happens. We get curveballs all the time where a script drops. Um, there's a problem with the prompter. With that someone was the, I was going to ask you about that. Like when people, because you see sometimes on the news they they stutter. They're like ah, and you could tell clearly that like their words are no longer there. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're having some technical. They usually send it to the other yeah, person, yeah, yeah. right? They're like, well, well they send it to deal with this. <laughs> Do you yeah, send it to it, Weatherman it, Dan? Yeah, you'd be like, oh, we're gonna, we've tried, done that before. Where we get a point where we legitimately are having issues and we're just like, hey, you know what? Uh, let's go to weather right now. And the weather guy always has to stand Mike by. would be the king I'd of the that. weather guy. He would be the yeah. king Guys, of that. Guys, nothing's changed since you last saw me 10 minutes ago. Still a beautiful day. Don't worry back about the you. umbrella. Back to you. <laughs> back to you. Well, the good thing is, like, you're because I have such job. a good relationship with, I have such a good relationship with my, um, with my meteorologist, Adam, that. Wait, is this weatherman Dan? No, it's. Weatherman Adam. It's. Adam, why do I keep saying weatherman Dan? He he's so <laughs> he's so disrespectful with some oh, people. Like, we meet people <laughs> and he calls him the wrong name all night. And I'm like, dude, his name's whatever. And he's Wait, like, no, where no, did no. I? So I just made that up in my head because well, I see them yeah, all the time. It's Flo, but yeah, it's Adam. I thought, and then when you said Adam, I literally thought it was even funnier because I'm like, wow, his Instagram name is weatherman Dan, but his real name is Adam. <laughs> so. All right, don't show him this. Don't show him this clip. Show him. I'm gonna make sure he watches. I'm gonna make sure he watches. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Great That's guy. That's, That's my guy. Adam. But it's nice. That's a good point. It's nice to have a uh, accountability partner, someone that you can lean on, friends that you can, you know, in tough times, you can kind of look to them and say, "Wow, we're going through it right now," and they jump behind you. You know, it's nice to that. have that. Yeah. We've had times. Imagine this. Imagine this. I had one time, and this is, I'm an anchor now. So as a reporter, I feel really confident. As a reporter, you're on TV for like three minutes. You're in the field somewhere. You toss back to studio. The anchor is the one in studio. You know, the show is theirs. They're the face of the show. So I had one time I was filling in on the desk before I ever anchored. It was like my first time filling in, one of my first times. And I was on the desk, and they said to me in my ear, Pedro, we don't have sound and we don't have video. (laughs) So what you're going to do is you're going to look into the teleprompter (laughs) on camera for 30 straight minutes and read. So the script was there, but there's no video. There's no sound. When there's video and sound, you can, you do, you know, you do your face, yada, 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 yada. And then when you toss to it, you can relax and then you can read a little bit, lean back and then you sit up again and then you do your reads, right? Like there's, there's a little bit of a break. There's none of that. There was they, they just told me my ear, we have nothing. So go. That's a moment I had to be flexible. It wasn't like there wasn't anything you can do. It, it's it's adjust or you're gonna fail. What was showing up on the screen? 
me the whole time. <laughs> just me. Imagine, oh, imagine. They didn't have other video. They didn't have Got other. So, you, know, it. It like, you know, for like, hey, there's a wildfire in Butte County. Take a look at this video here. The pop-up video of Butte yes. County, the fire. Oh, my God. You could talk about the flames. You could be like, oh, you see the car scorched there. The ground. You. <laughs> Sorry, I get in the zone. But like, you couldn't do that. We had no video. So it's literally this face for 30 minutes looking to the camera, talking about the president, talking about whatever it was. It, it just... It made no sense, but we had a, a technical issue. Yes. We can't go away from it. So, so you, you just got to get through it. Maybe that was like, everyone was like, wow, this guy must be really important because yeah. they're not going to any of the live scenes. Yeah. They're just staying on him. So <laughs> his opinion must well, be pretty. Uh, I wish I wish that was the case. I wish more people thought that way. Yeah, take that. Right. I get the complete opposite. We get people that are just like mean to the media, yeah. man. We get mean people. Man. Yeah. It's funny too, like mean people. It just never made sense to me. I'm like, do you think you're going to achieve what you want out of me being mean to me? Do you think that's going to make me want to help you? Oh, I get, I get some, I get some bad emails sometimes. You know, sometimes people just, just the best is now the climate we live in, the political climate we live in. People genuinely in their minds think like, like we want the president to fail, or we want things to be bad. Right. And we, it, it, and they think doom and gloom. Quite frankly, the things that sell for us is weather. If we have tornadoes hurricanes wildfires people tune in to watch that my right? man adam yeah those ratings go up uh, someone getting shot down the street those don't draw ratings i mean just just being frank yep. with everybody yep. so you know no one wants doom and gloom and the coronavirus is like we don't want the coronavirus going on like i got a 401k you think i want my our stock my stocks taking a hit no you think uh you know i want i, I want to stay in house all day i want to be outside just like everyone else yeah um but people forget that. They have this idea that like, oh, if things are worse, media does better, therefore they make money. Literally, they know it's like, sure, the company might make money. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Money. That is. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't get a bonus if I say If there's like order. double negative. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. There's, yeah. The, just creating <laughs> the worse storms. the news, the higher the salary. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Man. People think that. Like, people in their head go, yeah. oh, you guys just want it because you make no. Like, dollar a raindrop. And let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. Talk about advertisements, right? So- if more businesses are going under, less people are advertising. Yep. We make less money. So th why would we want this pandemic to linger any longer than it needs to be, right? Yep. It, it, it's We deal with all this stuff, man. Like people, that's the one thing they don't teach people is like, when you get into this business, you will hear negativity. You're gonna have, you're gonna have people yelling at you. You're gonna have people trying to fight you. You're gonna have uh, these situations that you're not prepared for. Luckily for me, like, I grew up in the street, so like if somebody comes up to me and they want, I'm ready to go. Beating I'm people up. Like, <laughs> this is our anchor man. He is in the first UFC fight of the night. Yeah. I've been in those situations where people come and get real aggressive, and then you know I got to tell the cameraman put the camera down, and, and if you want to have talk, we can do it. Then people will typically show you respect. I'm That's just being honest. Awesome. But people don't understand that we're still human. We're still people. We still go home at the end of the day, just like you. And like last thing we want is to be cursed out and yelled at. And we're just trying to come here and do our jobs and, and go home. We wanted to take a quick second to let you guys know that we partnered with our good friends over at orgain.com. We're happy to offer our listeners 30% off by entering the code no snooze 30. Again, that's no snooze 30 for 30% off your first order. If you're on the market for a new protein powder, nutritional shake, protein bar, or Mike's favorite, collagen peptides, Orgain is your one-stop shop. As all of you know, my Crohn's disease is currently in remission, and the only protein I use is from Orgain. 
My personal favorites are the chocolate peanut butter and the vanilla bean. With the code, you can try a two pound tub for under $20. Talk about not snoozing. Go get yours today. Now, back to the epi. Speaking of doing your jobs, and I need to ask this question because I don't know where else I can insert Uh it. I'm nervous. (laughs) So I've been going through a rabbit hole of aliens lately. Have you covered any type of alien-related, UFO-related stories? What? Yeah, yeah, we've covered a lot of UFO stories. What are are your thoughts? Well, I think UFOs are real. My man! I think like, UFOs yeah, are real. I think I think flying we would object. Be, right? Wait, wait, wait. We, Let's hear. Well, the, the Pentagon just released a, a report not too long ago saying, "Listen, we are identifying these are unidentifiable objects. It's here." Wow. And I think we'd be really naive to think we are the only ones in the entire galaxy. Like, I, I agree. it just seems to me personally, like it's absurd. When it comes to professionally, we definitely covered it. And um, and recently, yeah, the Pentagon released a report kind of confirming that there are UFOs. So. I have no reason to go against it. Do you enjoy covering a topic like that where it's like not a typical, you know, very, I guess it is kind of heavy, but, you know, a different yeah. aspect of it? Um, I mean, like, I don't mind it, but for the most part, I like doing stuff that really like affects people. Yeah, yeah that's like, true. I, that doesn't really know, affect like, people. Like, <laughs> where if there's any story I want, it's like, I want to be out there at this shooting or I want to be out there. And it's not that I want to, I don't have a desire to be there. It's more that like, I know that I can do a good job telling this family's story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have the responsibility to tell your story. Exactly. Cause everybody, anybody could do a story. You know, one of my things when I talk to families and imagine how hard this is. If your station goes, go talk to a family, literally their son just got killed three hours ago. And now I'm trying to interview them on camera, trying to get them to talk to me on camera. It's not an easy thing. Most of the time you're getting yelled at and they're like, get away. Understandably, it makes sense. You're going through grief right now. Some people, they, you know, they get hesitant. And I always tell them like, we could tell the story where kid got shot, 21 years old, blah, 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 and go through it. Or you tell me who this kid is, what kind of life he lived. And we could tell that story to get more people to be, to get more people to care about it. And when more people care, you might get someone who might turn some information. You might get someone out there who might know something is like, you know what? I might want to call. So, yeah, yeah that, that's another side of the news that like, I guess you guys are like really pivotal for law enforcement and stuff when that, when that stuff comes, because the, the better you are at storytelling, that might compel somebody to come mm-hmm. through with some information if it's a crazy story. So on that same, so I, I never thought that we were going to talk about aliens on the No Snooze podcast. So that's a first, and yeah. this is awesome. I love, <laughs> I love this. But tragedy, right? Because this is this, this has been on my mind even with, and I got to connect you to to our boy Chris James. He works for CNN down at headquarters here in New York. Great guy. Um, but from a tragedy perspective, when you're on scene and you're you know covering a shooting, covering something like Sandy Hook, like mm-hmm. I, I, it, it boggles my mind how news reporters have to report this how do you disconnect from that when you go home like and yeah. then you're on the front so, line so i'll say so like with sandy hook um just to clarify i did the coverage of sandy hook so like the day it happened i was not there gotcha i gotcha. covered it yeah covered the story yeah so i covered it after extensively where you know we we're talking to families we were i spent a lot of time with the families of victims and you know you're sitting with them and having these conversations and they're saying some really deep stuff disconnecting from it is very tough and that's something that i think more students need to learn when they get into this because i've met some people that they come back from a story and they can't come to work for two days because they're bawling their eyes on the you know at home mm. um i covered some stories where 
it took me hours to get over it. Not get over it, because you never get over it. I still remember those stories vividly, but to disconnect from it. Um, any tips? Any, any, like, actions that you take to, like, you know, for listeners that are trying to, like, disconnect from things? Well, for me, it's, like, finding... I don't want to say vice, right? Because yeah. find, your, find your thing. So for me, it is working out. Like for me, I would do that and then I would go work out. Like that would be my thing. Go work out, get away or play video games or something like that was always my way of getting away from, from the situation. Because I know people in news that love news, eat, sleep and breathe news and they need to be around it all the time, watching it, reading it, listening to it. I'm not one of those guys. I'm at work. I do my job. Even when I'm home, my phone's here and I'm always attached to it and always doing news stuff. But I got to work out. I need to get my mind off it, especially when you're talking about like Boston bombs or you're talking about Hurricane Sandy. And one of these stories where like, you know, you're talking to people who just lost everything and you're going home to something, you know? Yeah, um, yeah that that sometimes you need to take a moment. For me, it's just working out um, and get off it. But you, you'll be you'll be surprised. And to be very honest with you, um, sometimes you get a little cynical, you know, after after a while, you know, you go to a murder cover it and literally get a car like, all right, let's go get Taco Bell. And you know, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why like, I, I try to, I said like involve myself in the story. I try to, to immerse myself in it so that I can tell them the most accurate and compelling story I can. I try to just really wrap my mind in it. And then when I'm gone, I, I really try to separate as well because you can't bring it home with you. I mean, you can't, the stuff you see and the stuff you cover, you can't think about it every day. There was a, I was reading or listening to an interesting, um, I don't know if it's a theory, but a, a, a method to separate. And it was basically saying you create an alter ego that mm. you like, uh, the black Mamba, like Kobe did. So I think Serena Williams maybe had something. There's a bunch of people, but they give examples. One example was there was this horse rider and they couldn't, you know, be, they couldn't win their competition because they kept screwing up. And the guy was working with her and he's like, what makes you so nervous? And she's like, I don't know. Like, I just can't get over this. Like, I think about failing. I think about letting everyone down on my coaches. And he gave her like a wristband. And he said, when you turn into the, you know, the, the champion horseback rider you deserve to be, put this wristband on. And she would do the, that action every time. And she ended up like winning whatever the horse race or riding championships are. But I think about it too now because I'm like my suit that I put on in the morning kind of is that, right? And you don't think about it because then when you get home and you get out of it, you turn back into you know a father or a husband. But it's do you have that with your suit? You know, yeah, that's that's a great that's a great example. I'm 100 percent same way because if you meet me not at work, I'm totally not the same person I am because again, it's hard to be the same. Well, I am, it's hard to explain. I don't really change much on air. Like I do keep my, my personality and stuff, but taking the makeup off for me is a big thing. When I got the makeup off, I know I'm done. Like my, my day's done. I'm, I'm putting that behind me. A lot of times I would take my work phone and put it away, especially if it was a hard day, if it was a long day. It's a story that I don't need to necessarily be on top of all the time. I'll take my phone and I'll put it away because sometimes you need to disengage yourself. So for me, it was that cell phone. Uh, the suit, taking it off, taking the makeup off. Once that makeup's off, it's like, like that's News Pedro. Then this is me, you know. Yep. Um, Got to get a better name for News Pedro. Well, I, I didn't know. I was Super Pedro. To... Super Pedro. That's better. <laughs> Not much better. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Speaking of it, and Mike has seventeen wristbands on. Now we know why. Yeah. 
Nice. I need the help. <laughs> we got to sell a house today. Anybody got a wrist in your throat this way? <laughs> I think about this stuff, though. You never really think about certain yeah. things. You know, no, I'm sure you have an item that when you put it on, it puts you in the zone. Honestly, I think... I think for business, it's it's got to be my watch. Mm. It's got to be my watch. Did you, or, you thought that? Or my oh, pinky, pinky ring. ring. Oh, our, our AV guy is talking about <laughs> my pinky ring. I don't wear it all the time, but on big... Pinky like, ring brings a whole different swagger. I feel like the pinky ring comes on and you just... Yeah, well, so I and I do it casual. Like I have a casual pinky ring. Like I actually have one. I don't know and if so you call it casual. Well, so many people they're like, "Is that is that your pinky ring?" <laughs> like, and I and it's just damn. Now I wish I had it on. It's monstrous. Uh, no, it's not really I mean, that. Cool. Like you can't. Like I can't wear stuff like that. Cause I'm, I'm not cool, man. I got no style, bro. I, I, can't, I can't do that. Nah, nah. But yeah, I, I guess. But for yeah, for me, I think business wise, like I always, I cannot go to work without a watch doesn't matter like the name of the watch you know what i mean but like i just i don't know i have to have a watch on but then even in my personal life i still usually have a watch on so i don't know if there's a uh and then if you don't wear i mean then if you don't wear it you feel like no i'll go home your day's different no 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 no. i'm, I'm going home to get my watch like, yeah. <laughs> i've done it i, I literally I, I don't even i walk out of the house and i immediately know if i don't have a watch on i'll, I'll go i'll go back yeah. see i do i do watches every day on air and for me i if Anyone watches, I always do a, a, a tie clip. I'm yes, a tie clip. fire, fire, by the way. when I don't have my tie clip on, I f- like, feel, I feel like, okay, it's, it's just not going to be the day for me. Feel, like, feel different. Like, yeah. 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 Make, makes sense. Um, I, I want to know, I guess for you, because you, you have a lot of, I mean, just from, from the story, a lot of adversity that you came up with. Mm-hmm. No snooze. It's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. You know, constantly striving for more which ironically now in my in my life i i find myself this as a flaw too because like i always want so much more and we spoke about this i'm never you're never content so i struggle with not be, being present and and i i guess grateful for you know my my present moment because sure. i'm always looking you know all right what's the next step how can i do this, this so now with parenting especially and i know i keep referring back to that but it's it's just fresh in my head i have to i have to live in the moment like that but is there from a mindset perspective do you utilize adversity and a struggle to always refer back to to get you to the next step yeah i think you have to um i think you have and to what is that struggle for you well when it's embedded when it's embedded in you um for me, like there's there's like little things. I don't know when I'm out covering stories. I'll use a lot of my experiences growing up to help me with my stories. So, it, you know, if I'm covering, um, for example, I go to certain neighborhoods and they're very similar to the neighborhoods I grew up in, and and I talk to a kid and I feel like I can I can mesh with him. Um, it helps me become a, a better storyteller. So I would say, you know, that aspect of it, just just having a a rough upbringing. I don't really know how to explain it. It was just like a lot of fighting, a lot of uh, being in the streets like that. So when I, when I get to tell stories, I'm around people like that. Um, I could use my experience to have conversations with them. And it makes me more personable. It makes me more human. Cause a lot of times when we cover certain stories, especially in certain neighborhoods and certain demographics, um, a lot of people don't grow up in a certain environment. Right. Mm-hmm. So because I have grown up in that environment, have overcome adversity when I'm having conversations with people, um, you know, in certain communities, people that look like me, um, I'm able to relate more and it helps me tell a better story. Um, so I always use it in my day to day. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, 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 for sure. And to add on to the question, 
you sound very motivated. It sounds like you know where you're going. Do you have a vision of where you want to be? And does that, do you come, do you come back to that? You know, when you're having rough days, are you like, well, you know, this was tough today, but it's going to be nothing in my, my big story. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because when I was living in Arkansas, I always tell people like I hated my time in Arkansas, but it was honestly the worst experience of my life. Three years in Arkansas was terrible. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Arkansas. We have listeners over there, man. Come on. We are going to expand there. What's up, guys? guys? Love you guys. You guys are wonderful. (laughs) No, but no, but honestly, it was just like I I would have a really rough day. Then I'll come home from work and then I'm in Arkansas. So I had nothing to do. And then then that made it worse because then I'm, I'm like that goal that I want to be at is so far away now. It felt like even further away than, than it was. Then I came to Sacramento. I'm in California. And I was like, mm. wow, like it's just, it's night and day. So even if I have a rough day at work, I come home, I'm still in Sacramento. I can go to Tahoe. I can go to San Francisco. I can go to Napa. There's things to do. So it, 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 it <laughs> makes me enjoy, really enjoy the moment that I'm in yeah. more so than anything else. Yeah. But I still have those times where I'm like, you know what? Just got to get to next year. You know, I signed a three-year contract and my goal is like, okay, next summer. That next summer is going to be big. That next summer. And I keep telling myself the next summer is going to be big. And I don't know where it's going to be, but I know it's going to be big. And I'm going to be somewhere that I can finally establish somewhere by myself, by the, you know, the house, you know, do the family, settle down a little bit. You know, I just know it's going to be there. I just need to get there. Everything I've wanted my entire life is there. Yeah. Can you see it? Do you like, yeah. if you close your eyes, you see like, your lifestyle you want, you see all that stuff. Cause I think that's I do, important. Sometimes I, sometimes I, sometimes I keep it small though. Okay. And I think I should be opening up a bit more. So I go, you know, I would love to work in local television, you know, in New York city's massive. That's the number one market in America. So if you make it there, you're, you're set for life. But I think like, okay, I could do local news there. Or maybe I could report or maybe like a weekend anchor, or maybe I can go to Philly or Boston or mass. You know, any one of these places are phenomenal places that you could stay and live your life. But, you know, I get people all the time. They're like, yo, you should try to go national. You should try to go CNN. You should try to go Fox News. You should try to like pursue one of the bigger jobs. And I tend to not think I could do that. I tend to. I think that is going to come your way, by the way. Just saying. I I really no, I really think that's coming your way. Yeah, I hope so. You know, that would be amazing. But I tend to put myself in this box. Like, I know how hard it is to get there. And don't think about that. Think about this goal. And if you do get that, great. But then if you don't get it. At least you found your goal that you were looking to the whole time. Um, but I think I should be open-minded and I should try to push myself a little more. And that's something that I work on and I'm trying to get better. But it's tough because I work with some really great people at my job. My station's phenomenal. They gave me the tools to do literally anything I want. And they're, I'm growing and I see my growth every single day. Um, but I'm always watching other anchors. I'm watching people in front of me because I need something to push me. You know what I'm saying? Like... I could be content. I could stay in Sacramento. I can make, I make good money now and I can stay here and call it a day. But I like watching the guys in New York. I like watching the guys on national because, you know, they push me to be better and I try to emulate them. I see what they're doing and how they got in their position. And I use that as, as kind of like fuel to push me, you know? So I'm always, always thinking about the next step. And right now it's like August of 2021, August. Of, I tell myself over now, August of 2021, I'm going to go somewhere and we'll see right. where, where, where it is. And, you know, the reason I ask is I'm similar in that. So I I like big, big goals. And what Mm -hmm. Dave and, you know, Claudia have helped uh, and rubbed off on me is setting some more small and like manageable ones. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm so in theory and lifestyle and big picture that I get lost in the weeds a little bit. 
and yeah. I don't really execute as best I could. I do well, but it's like you could be doing better. But one of my tricks for thinking big is like, and I've told Dave this, when I'm negotiating big deals or doing stuff, sometimes I just go to listings where I'm like, I have no client for this. I got no one, but I need to be around the fire. You know, I walk down a dock that's all these amazing boats and I'm like, you know, it's not all material, but it gives you that motivation where you're like, you know, you meet an agent that's representing that and you're like, I'm kind of the type where I'm like, I, t who is this? I, they yeah. can do it? Like, absolutely. You know, it's that like false, I don't know if it's false, con it might be blind confidence, but I like to touch the stuff that I'm going after, you know? Yeah, Poor buildings I, I, that are way out of my price range, but I'm like, one day I'll own, own a building like this. Because then you meet the owner and you talk to the owner. It's a normal guy. They just work their way up, you know? Mm -hmm. so That's I the same thing with people in my job, too. Same thing. I'm looking at CNN and I'm seeing these guys of how they got to their career. I'm looking at Fox News and how this person was able to manage themselves and get to, to a certain point. I mean, if even if you look at, like, I don't necessarily like this person personally, but like Bill O'Reilly, for example, he worked at the same TV station I worked at, yeah. you know? So he, he worked as Gail King for CBS worked at WFSB where I worked at one time. So these people have been at my level. So what did they do to, to propel themselves? And I'm watching them and I'm watching their mannerisms. I'm watching how they do it. And the journalists I really respect, uh, especially on the local level, I watch to see how they just talk and how, and I just go, okay, let me be like that. And then I try to apply it to myself and I just try to grow. I love it. Yeah, that that's that's key. And, and I see it more and more because we, we always try to just be, you know, yes, you have to be unique and be you. But you being unique is actually taking a little bit and even impersonating from somebody else. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. It, but I feel like for so long, I always thought like, all right, you have to just be so completely different from everybody else. But honestly, everything that. I'm going to do everything that Pedro's going to do, Mike's going to do, CV, whoever. It's already been done before, right? Like doing all original stuff. You know what I mean? There's there's very few people that create something based off of nothing. Like it, it just so I've come to that realization that it's okay to take, you know, a lot of things from other people and then put your spin on it, and I think anybody really can do that. Mm -hmm. Right? But you yeah. just have to you you have to gain this confidence along the way. Um, but like me just even, even reading the stuff that I read, it makes me believe that like, I really know this stuff, but like, I, I just read it, right? <laughs> I, I read it and I repeat it like over and over and over again until you become that. Then you coach a team and then that, you know, goes to your team and then they quote you as saying that stuff. So it's the same thing in, in any career from what you do, yeah. from what I do and anywhere. So it's just, it's an interesting thing that I think I wish I knew it earlier and it's okay. Mm. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's you literally know? like, it's, it's like. There is no Kobe Bryant without Michael Jordan, right? right? Kobe was his own individual. He was his own scorer, his own player. He was himself. But he definitely took things from MJ. He saw what he did and emulated it, it. And, added it and added it to his game. Yes. He didn't copy it. He added it to his exactly. game. Exactly. He already had his game, right? And that's the same with, with I do. So, like, I'm not, for example, uh, Michael Gargiulo at WNBC in New York. Or I'm not Bill Ritter at WABC in New York. I'm not them. They're their own people. They're you know, older white dudes. I'm some kid born in the Bronx. You know, like we're, we're just different. We're Puerto Rican, Dominican. We're not the same, but I can bring my style and my flavor and I take just some of their, their professionalism, their posture, things that they do and I add it to my thing and now I can, now I have that mix of being myself that, you know, that Puerto Rican and Dominican kid from the Bronx and also being, you know, that polished professional person that I can be. And it, you find that I think that's why I stand out is because I try to find that balance between being both 
And it seems at least like it's gotten me to a good position. At least, you know, my bosses like it so far. So that's been nice. Is there anything you're trying to add to your repertoire as far as like you see it and you want to work on it? Mike's going to steal it. So be careful. Clean clean reads. Clean reads, which is just simply reading words on screen. It sounds like super easy. Like you should be able to just read. But when you're thinking at the same time of how to to voice it, how to how to pronounce certain things, um, you get caught up. And then you got to remember when you anchor, someone else is writing your words. So they write for how they would say it, Mm. not for how you would say it. So I have to go in a lot of times and edit it to make sure it's in my voice. Right. Like it's written in my voice. So I have to go in and do that. But sometimes most of the time you don't have time to go in there and change every single thing. So you're reading what someone else wrote. And you're trying to put in your own voice. And sometimes that's where you get some stuttering. That's where you get some, uh, that's where you get those little mistakes. So as long as I can minimalize those and that have from start to finish from, you know, a couple of years ago, I'm totally two different people. Um, and I think by August of 2021, I'm going to be way better than I am right now. Like right now I'm okay. I think I'm going to be great by next August. Because you think this way, do you have a tough time uh, receiving compliments? Yeah, I don't like it. I really don't. Like, I, yeah, I, me I, neither. I, I hate it. it. Sucks. I hate <laughs> it. Lying. I hate it. People, when people are like, "Oh man, you got it," or "Oh man," it's like I appreciate it because then clearly they're seeing something that I don't see, but it's working. And you guys are the people that I want to like it. Like, yeah, yeah. you know. And if you're a perfectionist, you're never going to be satisfied. You're yeah. never going to be satisfied with yourself. You're always going to want to work towards something and get better. As always, there's no, nothing's going to be perfect. And I think that's how I am. So even if I have a good day on air and I get people that are like, man, even you right now, you're like, yo, I can see you. I don't see myself there, but you see me there and you're not there. Some other people have told me that. So I know that there's potential because other people see it. But now I know what I have to do to get to that point. Right. And then you got to take the actions to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So right now my whole goal is to fix my, my reads to make sure they're super clean. And because people don't know what's coming out of your mouth, then what's the point of you being on TV and, talking about things right that's fair yeah. no, that's a good point jumping back because i have to have to ask um frank mike's brother lives in boston mm-hmm. so we yep. you know we, we we know the area well you mm-hmm. covered and, and you said it before you were correct me if i'm wrong were you on scene boston marathon bombing yeah so like what tell us about was, that experience like that yeah you said so that, that very weird that day was crazy <laughs> sorry that day was, <laughs> the way he said it he called me up he said he said you're on scene boston bombing like you were the one doing it like no anyway go ahead <laughs> no, no i knew exactly what you were saying yeah. no so, <laughs> I, so my i came into work i came into work that day it was like the bomb i, I forgot it went up for like two something i don't know the exact time but i remember coming into work and it just happening like literally just happening bomb goes off and i'm in connecticut i'm in hartford that's about an hour 30 ish from boston mm-hmm. so I get in and they're immediately like, Pedro, get in a car, go with Tina, the reporter. You guys are going. So at the time I was a, a photographer. So I was a cameraman doing my thing and I'm packing everything up, jumping the car. I'm pushing a hundred down there. I get, I get to Boston. It felt like in an hour. I mean, I was flying to the point where my reporter actually like called the station. Like I feel uncomfortable driving. <laughs> but in my head, it's just like, when you're in those moments, a different gear kicks and you just you just go. So we got there and they closed off a bunch of streets prior to where the finish line was. And they said, okay, you can walk, but you got to leave your car. So I remember leaving my car, I'm packing everything, camera, laptops, batteries, everything. And I just remember just 
walking and walking and walking. We get as close as we can to where we have the scene there where, where the explosion was and it's chaos. And I remember that day there was reports that there could be more bombs around the city. So they're thinking the library has a bomb. They're thinking some other places. So cops are literally going around and then there's people who just ran the race confused. They have no idea what's going. They don't know where to go. They're, they're just, you know, in, in, in shock. So you're going up to them and you're trying to talk to them and, and, um, and they're confused. And I just remember just being really sad from that, man. It's just like seeing these people that were just uh, coming here to, you know, run and, and you had that situation happen. So we, we stood in Boston that evening. I covered the press conference with the governor. And then I remember that night I told my reporter at the time, I said, hey, let's stay. Call the station. Like, we need to stay in Boston and be here. And she was like, I want to go home. I want to go home. Me and her think very differently on news. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer, like, you have a responsibility to stay there and keep reporting and stay and stay and stay as long as possible. So I said, let's stay. She said, no. And then the manager agreed, no, come back to Connecticut. And then when, by the time we came back to Connecticut overnight, we didn't have a crew in Boston and you had the MIT officer that was shot. I don't know if you guys remember that. Mm. You had the Boston Obama. Yeah, now that you say that. Right. Remember that? Yeah. So we, so then we missed that. And that was a huge like people got like demoted at my job for that. It was a big decision not to stay. Um, but I just remember being in that moment and that was one of the first big, big, I mean, I've covered some, some pretty decent stories, but that one was just like, this is national news and you know, You'll we're doing a lot of bits for all these other stations and stuff. It was, it was huge. Wow. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't even imagine. And then, I mean, nine 11, you know, obviously is on a, on a whole nother level, but imagine that like, and it's just so fresh in my head because of, you know, where we are recording in September. Yeah. Um, but I can't even imagine being, you know, a news reporter at something like a bombing, something like, uh, you know, a terrorist attack, yeah. national news like that. It, it's actually crazy because you don't get a chance to really think about it like that. Were you, no. were you nervous going up as far as like safety wise? Or were you just. Yeah, yeah, I was, to be very honest, because they told me they said, go to Boston and we hear that there could be more bombs around the city. And you're like. Why would I want to go to right. yeah. a bomb zone? But again, it's like, this is what you signed up for. Mm -hmm. And you just go into a second gear. It's for example, like wildfires, right? When yeah. we cover wildfires in California, which is something that I've been covering for the past three and a half years, we've covered, I've covered five of the largest wildfires in California history. It's just increasing here in our state. When you go there, there's a law in California that media can go past blockage, right? Like if, if they block a road, Media, newspaper, radio can go past. That's wild. So everyone else has to evacuate. And you're going we go in, right? And people don't think about that. And I'm not at all, I would never compare ourselves to what firefighters and anyone do. But we are showing you that. We're showing you what the cops and the firefighters and first responders are doing. And no one ever says, you know, oh, great job to the media. For us, we're in the media. You suck. We hate you. But we go in there. And there's times when I've been on roads, I'm not kidding, where I remember driving down and it's just straight fire. Both sides of the roads fire everywhere. You could barely see in front of you, but you're like, I have to drive through that. Like, and you're like, this could be, this could be bad. A tree could fall us right now and we're screwed. And there's been crews that have gotten stuck and have gone through those experiences. So I think about that when you go to those big like disasters, those big, you know, the Boston bombs or, or these wildfires or tornado coverage when you're chasing tornadoes, you know, you That's think about them. wild, the tornado element. Right is wild because easier to do easier to do because really? you stay, as long as you stay behind oh, yeah, it it's true keep it out of distance you're good to you go you say that way. that so calmly as long as you stay yeah, behind stay it. Behind how do you tornado. stay behind a tornado yeah. it's like 
You just like, watch it. You just yeah, watch, you watch it come at you. And that's you're like, like oh. hurricane. That's like hurricane hunters. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. baffled by that. Like, uh, why would you want to go in? And they're like, reporting live from the eye of the hurricane. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what, yeah. Why are we doing that? I, hurricane Sandy was that like, oh, like yeah. so I've been in those like storms and stuff like that. <laughs> they're holding their hats. But, the wind is blowing crazy. <laughs> but to me, that's that's a little corny to me. That's to be very honest, it's a little corny to me. Like I know like Weather Channel does it and, and some other big stations and. And it looks cool, but for me, my safety is most important. So right. I think what you can do is stand inside of a building, start with you in the building and go, I want to show you guys just how strong these winds are. I'm going to stand outside for one second. Watch this. And then you step outside and you see the whoosh craziness. You go, look, and then you go back inside. And it's like, you can't even stand out there. Because it's that, relevant. Yeah. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Sometimes when you're out there and you're just doing all this, that becomes a story. It becomes so much more distracting than what you're actually talking about. Ah, you're right. Genius. I, I have, I have a know. question at the future. Right? Like you're looking at the guy yeah. like, yeah. whoa, your hat and your yeah. glove. Yeah. It's it like, like now what information are you supposed to be getting out yeah, there? Yeah, Mike, that's going to be Mike. He's going to blow away with this one one meal a day thing. Lean, kid. <laughs> um, I have a question where you think the – so. I think a lot about like where real estate's going, just the business in general, because of all the new, you know, uh, technologies and everything. Do you think at some point, like a drone, is going to be the first on the scene, and then you're going to be like the comp? Like, what has any of that started? What are your it's thoughts? It's already on happened. That? It's already yeah. happened. When I was yeah. when I was in Connecticut as a photog, drones weren't allowed for for usage for like TV stations. We, we couldn't use them, but some people were doing it, pushing the envelope. The FAA was coming down. There was a lot of rules. This is in 20, like 2013 to 2012. Fast forward to today, each one of our photographers has a drone with them. Mm. Like every one of our photographers. Some stations still have helicopters. I think the helicopters will go. Yeah. You know, um, I think the drones will be around. Helicopters are cool because if it's a car chase or, but those don't happen as often. The car chases yeah. aren't happening every day, right? So yeah. like, you have this helicopter hovering, looking at traffic in the morning. Okay, cool. But you could also have a drone there um, and it's cheaper. You save a lot of money. So I think yeah. the drones are just going to stay. I think they're going to be around. Um, I think what you'll start doing is you'll start seeing news people doing more social media. You'll start seeing people who are more, um, literally hired to just do social media and they're doing live hits for social media because people aren't watching TV and you have to make money with advertising and social media is the platform. I think the business is trying to figure out how can we best monetize it going forward. Yeah. Mm. Are you, uh, is that something that you can start implementing on your own to complement the, you know, are there restrictions on you? And if you can't share, obviously. No, no, I can say whatever I want. You mean restrictions how? <laughs> no, just like uh, you sign a contract are there restrictions on your social media presence and what you're allowed to report or not? Some stations do. Some stations don't. Um, some stations are like, you can't share other media, like other TV station stuff. You can't, you can't uh, talk about your personal. I was at one station that didn't want us to talk about our personal life at all. Mm. They want news, 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 and news only. Uh, I even got written up one time because I tweeted happy birthday, Derek Jeter. Wow. You know, it was like, it was like stuff like that. Like they were super like, must've been a Red Sox media. fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but now, but now uh, my TV station, they want you to show personality. Like they notice the numbers, you get better numbers when you talk about your life and you let people in. That's what sells. I know. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just, I know Mike so well that he's saying, because you can leverage yourself this way. Well, this is his entrepreneurial genius kicking in right now. Well, yeah. you are such a good personality and you're so relatable and you're, affiliation is great it's phenomenal exposure but 
like even when I was scrolling your Instagram, I enjoyed you delivering the message, right? So like there's more messages than are than what's on your station. And sure. there's more opportunity for you to expose stuff that you can scratch your own itch, right? It might maybe it's not a big enough story to get on there, but you really want to cover it. So it's like, you know, you can do that. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. They they'll let you do it. My station will let you do stuff like that. Like for example, I'll post things like for example like Today I did Brianna Taylor. I have other things that necessarily wasn't on there today. Yeah. But I'll just cover it in my own time. Yeah. Um, the things you have to be careful about those because you do have ethics, right? With yep. money. Yeah. And things yep. of that nature. So like if I wanted to, and this is not controversial, but like I can make a whole lot of money if I wanted to go around and take money from people and do like a social media thing with them and they pay me money to be on my social and I'll share their social and I'll help. There's people who have offered. It's just you have ethics, right? Because yep, there, yep. there could be one day where I could be covering that guy who gave yep. me, you know, who gave me $500 to do this social media thing. He gave me that money. Now I'm covering him. And now he could say I gave him $500. And now our whole station is seen that looked at as bias or mm, whatever. Yeah. Not telling the story. So yeah. there's like that ethical line. You just have to make sure you don't cross. Yeah. And I don't um, even think you need to monetize it just to have, because it's all about leverage, right? And the more you as an entity are valuable, you know, matter how much your station reassures you that you're okay, if you are desirable and you oh. have the following, it's yeah. Right? No, I die yeah. tomorrow. I die tomorrow. I'm replaced. Like uh, exactly. I, I die yeah. tomorrow. There's a new anchor literally like a week yeah. later. They might show a little quick story about me, and then they go. So I know that, and I'm trying to increase my social media. I'm yeah. trying my best. It's just tough because like like TikTok is like the new wave. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know how to do any of that. Yeah. Um, Instagram, I'm trying to, you know, continue doing that. That's fun because it's, it's personal too. Yeah. Um, and I think it does add to our things. You'd be surprised. I get some people who find me on Instagram mm -hmm. and then are like, oh, I want to watch you guys. You guys are, you and Adam are so funny. And I'm like, well, fox40.com, we have a live stream. Go watch us. Yeah. You know? And then you get people who genuinely start following you. You guys so, are pretty hilarious though. Yeah. So everybody really needs to. To yeah. check them and out. we have so much fun, man. We have so much fun. It looked, it looked, and that's what I think is great about it for the viewer because it you can tell you're having fun. Part of yeah. the reason we do this too, it's right. a lot of fun for it's us. It's a lot of fun. And we, we get to meet people like you, and it's funny because we're like, yeah, we got to do a record tonight, but we want to record. Like, this is fun. <laughs> we're scratching our own itch, but it's also, you know, business, and in the future, it's monetizable. So it's, I don't know, is that a word, monetizable? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, it's but I get that. I get that wholeheartedly. It's like when I anchor from home because of COVID, sometimes we have to, we'll have two anchors at home, two anchors in studio. So when when I'm in the, the shift or I'm home and I have to do this where I'm literally sitting right here and I have to read one story in an hour, I'm not around my coworkers. The vibe is not there. The, the chemistry is not there. It's not the same. When I'm in studio and I'm looking people in the face and, you know, we can play it off or I'll say something to Adam like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this before, you know, we do this. I'm like, all right, got you. <laughs> and then we do it and then he knows where to pick up and he does his own thing. It works. It's hard sitting here at home and you don't have that same interaction. So I get excited going to work. Like you get excited. You're like, yeah. I want to do the podcast. Like the podcast is fun. It's, it's like for me, work is that way. It's like, I want to go to work today. Nice. That is awesome. Do you have any like uh, hobbies that uh, you, uh, other than working out, is there anything else you enjoy? Like going out to eat or, you know, something yeah. that's. Well, yeah, yeah. I like, I like going out to eat. I like reading. I actually just bought. Literally, what I was saying just just came in today. The new Bob Woodward book, Rage, just came in today. Okay, um, it's been in the headlines of media and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm excited to read that. So I'm I'm gonna read that. Um, I like to read. I like um, I like hiking a lot. 
that's a big Northern California thing. Like I wasn't into hiking ever. And then you move to Northern California and it's the mountains up here. Beautiful Tahoe is an hour 15 away. So, you know, yeah. Why isn't that a thing around here? Because like, I remember when I went to Arizona with my wife, she was like, let's go for a hike. I'm like, you mean walk through the woods? But then, <laughs> right? Like you're like, what yeah, do you mean? Just walk through the woods? Walk on dirt? It's but different here. It's different. Yeah. We went to Arizona and it's like this beautiful, there's trails, there's people. I'm like, wow, I really could get into it. Cause I don't like running. Well, we all know that. I went and got my camel back. I got my, yeah. I went to REI, picked up some boots. I'm, I'm in it now. Like I'm, I'm, I go hiking. I try to do it like probably once a week or once every other week. I'll go up, find a trail. And, you know, just do like four or five miles. Sometimes if I'm feeling adventurous, you do like go to Tahoe, you do like 13 miles or something like that. But of that, I don't do that very often. That's like, that's an all day killer. You know, I try to do like something that I could go for the morning, come back in the afternoon and have the whole day ahead of me. Yeah. That'd yeah. be fun to watch you hike and you and uh, Adam. Oh, we, awesome. we do all the time. Yeah. That's my guy. Yeah. Like, we'll go. Yeah. And then we'll go like me, him, his girl, we'll go hike and uh, we just have a blast, man. I mean, he's like genuinely my friend. And I think that's why it plays so well on air because you'll be surprised. There are people on TV that hate each other, that sit next to each other, and they'll be like, ha, 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 ha. And then when it goes to commercial, they're like, yes. Like, like my guy. <laughs> Dude, they put their backs to each other. They don't. I had a coworker. Really? I won't say any, but I had a coworker on air like that that we did not like each other. And you have to give the viewers why they're here. You got to give them the smile, the laugh. You got to be happy, you know. Um, you got to bring energy all the time. Even if you're tired, you've been drinking the night before, the viewer doesn't know that. So you need to bring energy. You need to bring excitement the entire time. So even if we were someone you don't like, you still have to act like this person is, they, you know, you like them. With Adam and all my other coworkers I have right now, all of them I would do anything for. I hang out with them on the weekends. Adam I hang out with almost every day. So there's genuine, you know, um, care and genuine, you know, fondness of each other. No, and, and that speaks through. Can't say you the same. Said, <laughs> you, you said um, energy. And, you know, even when you don't want to, you, you have to bring it anyway because of the listener, the viewer. It's a question I ask all the time. Sure. When you're not feeling motivated and you know that you could potentially be in front of millions of people, right? Wild. How do you get up and continue to do it with that positive energy? What's the driving factor behind it? Like I'll go back to exactly what I said before. It's about going home and you don't know who's, you don't know who is going to be watching you, man. You really don't. You don't know what news director is going to be watching from a big city. Um, Sacramento is a big enough market. This is market 20 that we have the capital here. The governor politics is huge. This is a very, a very um, rebellious state in comparison to our federal government. They go head to head. So there's a lot of eyeballs here. We get a lot of people from around the country who watch our news so the better I do, you never know who's going to watch. I just think about that. Like you literally don't know who's going to watch you one day and you don't know who's going to discover you. Yeah. I dated a girl who she was in the smallest town in Minnesota, in uh, Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, in Wisconsin, somewhere like, you know, small town. But this big anchor from Milwaukee, which is Market 35, a bigger market than where she was, she was in the town at a hotel, turned the TV on, saw her and said, you know what? I like that girl and then made it happen. Right. Mm. So I think about that. You never know who's watching you. And I think with every job, you, you should be that way. Like if you're doing real estate, you don't know one day you're selling to someone. You don't know who they're friends with. You don't know who they might refer you to. A lot of times right? you don't know who they are. You know, they mm -hmm. come in, they're getting a little rental. And then you find out two months later, like, oh, I want to buy a couple of properties. You're like, what? What did you say? 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you never know. But if you're off your game one time, that person may watch that, and then they're gonna they're gonna take your whole career and put it in five seconds or ten seconds or an hour of news when you've been doing this your whole career. You know. So for me, I try to keep the energy. And um, and again, it's not my viewers' fault that I went to bed at ten thirty. It's not my viewers' fault that I went to the uh, the Kings game when I didn't have to, or I was drinking, or something like that. It's not their fault. So I can't give them. I can't give them that. I'm here to, you know, I'm providing a service. In my opinion, I'm providing a service and it needs to be up to par. Great way to look at it. Hell, hell of an interview. Yeah. If someone is watching the No yeah. Shoes podcast. No, the, Imagine he gets discovered through on, this. Though, like for, for, what, for, <laughs> for, for what he's saying, though, it, it really hits home to any career. Yeah. Anywhere. Like it, there's always somebody watching you, one. And then you never know who's like relying on you so people might be turning on the tv and they might not be a, a a nobody in a sense of to get him to the next level but he's providing a service so that service-based leadership that service-based action is actually i believe what's going to get you to the next level keeping that yeah. mindset right there even with yeah. this we like people reach out to us yeah and it crazy. blows my mind i'm like you yeah. watch the show and i'm like yeah what that's like, weird right yeah. it's yeah. weird when, when yeah. like you're like because the thing is when i'm when i'm looking at a camera you guys right now are looking at me but when you're doing your podcast with just you two you two are just talking having a conversation looking into the camera occasionally you don't know who's on the other side of that camera and for me when i'm there it's literally me the guy next to me and someone behind the camera like just pointing directing tell me where to look that's it in the studio you know what yeah. i'm saying so yeah. like you don't think when someone comes up, I was like, oh man, you know that joke you said with Adam or when they come in, they're like, hey, you did a great job. I was covering the George Floyd protest in town and I had so many people come up to me and said, thank you for telling the story the way you did. I wasn't thinking in the moment like, oh, this person is going to see it and I'll have to impress this. But I was just trying to do my job because I felt like, again, like you have a service that you, you need to provide to these people. But the feedback I got from it was so, so amazing that like, those are the things that give you that, that inspiration to keep going on. And then, you know, just keep working hard. And, and like I said, you look at your faults and um, you try to correct them. You try to work as hard as you can and keep that goal for me of going home for whatever it is for you or for whoever it is listening, whatever your goal is, like drilling in your head, drilling in your head. For me, it's going home. Love it. I love it. Wow. Uh, be, being mindful of time. And before I forget, where can everybody find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at real Pedro Rivera, which they won't let me change it. I don't want that name anymore, but <laughs> uh, and you got you got a little you got a little blue check. What do you want to change saying. it to? I just kind of figured it That's out. That's kind of fire. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. For, I want to hear about the blue check. Yeah. I, to be I had no idea. So one day I literally posted. No, I'm not kidding. This is like true. So I had like a thousand followers. I didn't like I still don't have that much, but I had like a thousand followers and I posted in my story. Should Instagram verify me? Yes or no? That was all I posted. I'm not joking. The next day, I had verification. I'm not saying it's going to work. <laughs> We're going to try it. It takes one I shot. I, strings, I think I had some strings behind the scenes with, with like my station and stuff. Yeah. But but like I posted that and the next day I was verified there. That was a hard one. <laughs> Instagram is going to get an influx of questions in a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Twitter, was, Twitter was easy to get verified. Facebook wasn't that hard. But now they're making the standards. They're making the standards a tougher. So now I'm not changing anything. I'm like, yeah, you know, I got it, and I'm not, I'm not yeah. taking it off. Well, I was going to say they had, they gave us a hard time because we changed our name uh, in the beginning. What I figured out was you can change it. You have to change it in two steps. 
the next uh, name has to be something that has a portion of the previous name. So oh, like, okay. and then you d you change it one more time, and it has the uh, the portion, but they cancel out, and you can go to the new name. Does that make sense? Gonna, I'll, I'll try to ask because I don't want to lose that verification. Yeah, you don't lose verification. No, you shouldn't. You should, Pedro, you should keep. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Pedro Rivera TV. So I want to have Instagram Pedro Rivera TV so I can have it like all consistent. That's really weird. They don't like because yeah. that actually is the same. Like it should. Pedro Rivera, yeah. real instead of real, just putting TV at the end. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to message them and see if I can get it. But. Uh, you they know, probably um, listen to the podcast. You're good, man. Don't branding, worry about it. Yeah, branding wise too. <laughs> love that TV because that's yeah. so vague. Like you, you really could do a whole segment of you and uh, Adam, Adam, Adam hiking <laughs> certain spots around, and I'm sure people watch that. Yeah, we we pitched like trust me, like I pitched to the station like let us get a segment where we go hiking. But you like, don't need the I, station. I'm not a big camper. I was like, yeah. yo, send us out there, give us some camping gear, and like we can film something. Trust me, we'll, we'll get. You know, <laughs> I try to like do stuff. Yeah, but you don't need the station. Just go shoot it. True, true. You're right. You're you know, because right. right. then you yeah. have that, and they're like, oh, that was a great idea, and then they start paying you for it. That's true. That's true. Cool. See, I got, I got to talk yep. to this guy. I want to hike with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. if you ever come to, you guys That's are ever in, in, in Northern California, San Francisco, Napa, you hit me up. Anytime. Yeah, I think we're, like I'm looking forward to like a vacation or something in like uh, maybe Arkansas or something. No, no <laughs> snooze on traveling. <laughs> Have fun. Dude, I used to go to the football games. I used to go to the football games because everyone like eats, sleeps, and breathes football in Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas football. I used to go and look at whatever school they were playing, and then like try to buy the jersey from the other team. No, <laughs> that's terrible. I was that guy. I just I I didn't like, but you know I did meet some good people. Let me not slander that. <laughs> Met some great people. Did some great work. But uh, yeah, now nah, I'm not going back there again. Good save. Good that's, save. Yeah, great save there. Um. All right. So we usually end with a little little boost of you know positivity, motivation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is our corny section, but it happens to be my favorite section. Dave's Dime of the Week. Dimes, dimes, dimes. We're working on a soundboard, so, you know. You got to get the dimes, dimes, dimes. <laughs> the pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The leader adjusts the sails. That's from John Maxwell. Uh, author? Yeah. Nice. See, yeah, yeah. He, he usually doesn't put the name of the person he does yeah, the so quote by. I, so, I'm doing the, yeah. So it's like, said it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. It's just like, and then I just clip it to, you know, wherever, and it's just like Dave Regina at the end. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Formerly known as Miguelito's Mantras. Thank you. Ito, Ito, Ito. Never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Baby Ruth. Hashtag no snooze. Baby Ruth. What movie? <laughs> what movie? What reference the is Sandlot. that? The Sandlot. Wow. Yeah, the Sandlot. I got one. He's Pedro, not a movie, I got one. He's not a movie guy. Yeah, I know. I know. I heard. I, remember, I was listening to a podcast earlier, and you, you did something like that, and you actually got the quote. You're like, you see, I'm a movie guy. Yeah, yeah. That's too, I'm just going to. That's right. That's I love guy. referring re referring to movies, and he's just <laughs> oblivious. Do you have a, uh, a favorite mantra? Uh, All right. I'm going to give something? you one just because I, I posted on my Instagram today. Perfect. I posted it today. So this is why I'm going to say it. Uh, no one wants advice, only cooperation. That's from John Steinbeck. That people, no one wants advice, just cooperation. I think you have to, um, I, I think he's saying it in the sense of this is what people want, not what you should do. You should seek advice. You shouldn't seek people who only give you, um, who are only going to back you and tell you, be yes men and tell you no when you say no. You should try to find people who have different opinions, different mindsets, and that's going to make you a better person. 
fire. Nice. <laughs> that Honestly, nice. that very nice. That's it. Pedro, we thank you. Guys, until next time, stop snoozing. Get up and get after it. And watch the morning news. <laughs> That's another Epi in the books. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Snooze Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Snooze. Come on. Come on. If you want to inquire about potential sponsorship and or collaboration, reach out to us at nosnoozepodcast at gmail.com or message our Instagram page, which is at nosnoozepodcast.